0: Stand up and cheer, too long and loud, for dear Montana. For today we raise the blue and gold to wave victorious. Our sturdy band now is fighting, and we are sure to win the fray. We've got the vim, we're here to win, for this is dear Montana State. Go, cats, go. Go, cats, go. Grizzlies line up with a cam wide left. Same formation, the three tight ends right. Eastwood is the running back. Sneed, the quarterback, goes out of the shotgun. Bobcat defensive front makes a pressure, and he's down at the one. He comes loose. They fumbled it, and the
1: Bobcats get it. The Bobcats win the game! It's a fumble at the goal line by Montana! Oh. A penalty flag thrown as the Bobcats spill onto the field. The Bobcats again get the goal line stand! Rolling on the field is a fumble. Recovered by Montana State. First down. Montana State, for the third year in a row, has won the Brawl in the Wild! Derek Marks is holding the football. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable, Jay. Holy shit. That was unbelievable.
0: Uh, I have no comment. You have to have some
1: sort of comment. You have to have some sort of comment. We just witnessed the best cat Grizz game in the history, the 118 years of this game. And you have no comment.
0: I should say first off, I'm super excited to announce that uh, we are now a basketball podcast. <laughs> the Grizz are dominating the NCAAs, which we can get into later. But in terms of the game on Saturday, you know it it was a, a really heartbreaking loss, um, uh, kind of the the cherry on top of a season of heartbreaking losses. Um, but the one thing that is making this all uh, uh, easy for me to digest is that we are selling. A ton of T-shirts, the Miracle in Missoula T-shirts. Go to the Montana Mint Store and buy yours today for anyone that's a Bobcat fan or anyone that lives in Bozeman. Must have, item must of have of the
1: year. item of the year. But that game was the most amazing finish I've ever seen. Uh, I've never had a more roller coaster day watching Montana State ever. I don't think. Um, yeah. So, tell me what's going
0: through your head when when the cats are down twenty-two uh, nothing. What I'm is it? What is hot take uh, Nate sitting at the bar? <laughs> real real, you know, probably getting a little tipsy. Tell me like what is your My first thought of?
1: is that we have to score before halftime to get that thing to twenty-two to seven. If we don't, we're donezo. So we do get that. We get the ball at halftime. So I'm going into halftime thinking, you know, if we score here on this first possession, we have a chance. We have a chance. Of course we don't score on that first possession. Mm-hmm. And so That's when the the real depression, I think, hit. Was not scoring on that first possession after halftime. So. Yeah. um, I
0: had the opposite (laughs) experience where I was flying high. I was texting. Oh, yeah, you were. Montana, man. Oh, you were. Sports text, chain. Super cocky. um, Very happy about the game. Very happy about the state of the Grizzlies. And then. All hell broke uh, loose. All hell broke loose. Um, can we go through the the Grizz second let's half do it. possessions? Just,
1: I, I I could talk about this for days. So you don't even have to ask me. Just let's just keep talking about it.
0: Okay. So the Grizz, up twenty two seven. They kick off to Montana State for the second half. Okay, as you mentioned, get the ball punted back to them after it was a I forget if it was four and out or it's a very short drive by the Bobcats. Things looking good. Then the Grizz go, miss a field goal, huge,
1: punt, hit a field goal, fumble, fumble, and that's the end that's of the it. game. And your Montana State Bobcats are going to the playoffs. Well, they did
0: have that touchdown in there that was called off by this rogue timeout, timeout that out. no one can confirm was actually called. The referee can but, confirm, probably, um, maybe I haven't seen anything written by him. Well, the only
1: people that are, that are floating this conspiracy theory about the timeout <laughs> are definitely grizz fans. So I don't see the big sky conference needing to like, <laughs> even validate that question with the response. So it's kind of these little conspiracy theories coming out of Missoula, which I don't really blame them. I mean, I would be trying to figure out any way to explain that loss. Uh, and so I think we just have to talk about the Bobcats just, well, I should wore say the grizz down.
0: Jeff Choate, Jeff Choate, uh, talked about this during his press conference. He talked about the timeout, confirmed to everybody in the room that he did in fact what? call it. But one interesting fact about Jeff vote, he said, well he was we were in his head so much that he had to to clear up um oh yeah. You know, set the record straight. Um one interesting thing from Jeff Joe, if I heard him correctly, he said, you know, I was standing down on the four yard line and it was in the ref's ear and like I was trying to see what play they were calling Um, and that's when I determined I was going to call a timeout. Are coaches allowed to stand down on the four-yard line? Isn't there a coaching box that ends at the 25-yard line? Did he
1: get called for a penalty for being out of his coaching box?
0: I don't know. He he clearly did. Apparently, apparently you can get away with it. Hmm.
1: But should he get away with
0: it? I'm looking. I think as a
1: referee, you you Uh, want to take yourself out of the game as much as you can and only have to call those things that are going to make an impact on the game. He would have been standing by another referee anyway to call that timeout. It's all good. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: I just wonder if it's a penalty. Probably not. What were they going to do? Move him to the half-yard line and still fumble the ball? Like, (laughs) really, what was that penalty (laughs) going to do? (laughs) So I think we we do have to talk about Troy Anderson being the gamer of all gamers. This dude willed the Bobcats to a victory. He had the one-yard run to start the fourth quarter out to get the Cats within three. Tim Semenza does hit that field goal to get him back within ten, and that is where I'm starting to lose my faith. It was when Tim Semenza 34-yard field goal with 7.46 left in the game uh, to go up ten. That's where I'm starting to feel kind of shitty again. Uh, Troy kind of mm-hmm. got my hopes up at the beginning of the fourth quarter uh, with that touchdown run. Uh, Samenza hits that one. That's when I'm starting to get a little a little bit hurt. But then a, a buck 45 later, Troy Anderson with the one-yard run after that amazing pass uh, to... Um, Jesus, I, I'm in the excitement of all of this. I can't even remember the backup quarterback's name now because Troy Anderson is no, the only person I even care about on this team right now on the offense. But Troy Anderson, one-yard run, gets into to within seven, and then Dalton Sneed's fumble, the most amazing fumble of the year. Up to that point, so the up, up to the cats only have to go thirty-five so yards. Logan Jones with the thirteen there's yard There's been run. so
0: many. There's been so many bad Grizz fumbles yeah. that it just that was. It, this one doesn't well, even register in my brain. The end of the oh, game does. does
1: for sure, but oh, oh, shocker! Oh, yeah. But up until that point, the Dalton Stephen was the biggest fumble of the year, and then. There was only literally Honestly, like one did not way even register. someone could out-fumble Dalton Sneed's fumble. And that's exactly what happened when Adam Eastwood fumbled that ball on the one-yard line. <laughs> oh I, yes, I don't oh. know what would be going through my head if I was him at that point. Because that is about the most heartbreaking way to lose a game. Um, and then you have to tack on that this is Cat Grizz. And that the Grizz will now be out of the playoffs. The Cats would most likely get into the playoffs at home. Like I can't think of a worse way... For a Grizz player to end his season than what just happened to Adam Eastwood? I mean, of course not. This was, you
0: know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, like we as Grizz fans have gone through four of the worst Grizz losses of all time. And, or at least like since I've been paying attention to this since like the early 90s. But I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Starting with, the insane loss to Portland state. It was like, well, how can it get worse than this? Like we just lost to Portland state. Well, oh, there's a way get blown, get blown out by North Dakota. Oh my God. How can, how can it get any worse than this? Then play UC Davis. This super tough. Give up, give up. They were up. I forget the, the actual score, but they were up significantly in the fourth quarter and UC Davis scored so many points in the fourth quarter That it was the largest loss in Washington Grizzlies stadium history. And then we have a play-in game against the Cats, against Triple B, Jeff Choate, um, and have the game in hand. And, you know, potential play-in game, everything is going exactly how we want it to go. And then not only do we lose, but we lose in the most heartbreaking fashion possible. Where one second before the fumble, or I guess probably 30 seconds before the fumble... They ran the ball into the end zone, and everybody in Grizz Nation that wasn't at, in the stadium, we assumed it was a touchdown. Where I was watching the game, yeah. everybody was cheering, hugging each other. It just seemed like it was the end of the game. And then, so to get that torn away, it's like, well, that's not great. But we still we have time for two plays because the Grizz had a timeout yep. left. It was third down, time for two plays on the one yard line. We've been moving the ball against them pretty, not easily all game, but like. I didn't. I wasn't you scared, fearful of the Bobcats' defense at that moment. And then I, I don't know the name of the guy who put uh, his head on the ball and knocked it loose, but I mean, it's
1: the play of a it career. It was the play of the career. It was unbelievable. You could actually see, I've watched that video probably six to 700 times. And the Grizz offensive line just gets absolutely blown back by the D line. Eastwood hit in the backfield. That ball comes out. I, I don't think I'll ever forget. <laughs> I, was, I mean, just the elation. When I see that ball on the ground, the cats jump on it, and I just could not believe it happened. I'm a Seahawks fan, and this is the reverse of what happened in that Patriots game when Russell Wilson threw that interception at the one-yard line. Um, and I obviously, I have way more of a connection with Montana State and would rather have this than a Super Bowl, uh, in my opinion, uh, just with how much I love the Bobcats. You would rather have this one Cat
0: Grizz win Hell than a yeah.
1: Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? I have no connection Mm. to the Seattle Seahawks besides like they're my favorite team and regionally I like them. I had to pick between the Broncos, the Seahawks and the Vikings. I picked the Seahawks. Like my family, some of my family lived in Seattle so I liked them and the Mariners. It's like, man, Montana State like this, yeah, hell yeah. I don't Mm. even live in Seattle. It's just, no. I would take, a. It's good to know. I mean, what, you would take a Broncos, I mean a Broncos Super Bowl is that special to you?
0: Yeah. Why? I would definitely take... I mean, I would take a Grizz National Championship over a Broncos Super Bowl. But uh, Cat Grizz, I I get more satisfaction out of
1: a Broncos Super Bowl than a
0: a regular season
1: victory. For sure. This one just has so much to do with Montana. So much to do with, like I mean, your alma mater. You have such a connection to... To a team like this, whereas yeah, it was cool when the Hawks won the Super Bowl that one year, and it was heartbreaking when they lost to the Patriots the next year. But no, I would take a I would take a Cat Grizz victory over a Seahawks Super Bowl al- almost any day of the year.
0: So the maybe once you guys win a few more, well,
1: that's three hundred. That's three hundred change. In a row. But so
0: recently, um, we've been won
1: a one lot thing of them, that actually. really
0: hurt. <laughs> the one thing that really hurt was. Um, Trey Anderson, who I love, I think all the Montana mid-staff loves, yeah. and I think a lot of Grizz fans maybe before this game loved or at least respected a ton. Um, but we've been making fun of what a bad passer he is, and he is objectively bad at playing, throwing,
1: throwing. the ball as a yes, quarterback. a good catch.
0: Uh, this was his 158 yards through the air against Montana was his second highest
1: total of the year. Yeah, and... There were some times in that game where I was it, like, we're definitely going to lose this game because these throws are unbelievably horrible. Trey Anderson throws some balls
0: that are so bad that if he were another quarterback, they'd be intercepted. But he somehow
1: overthrows both his receiver and the defensive line. That's best. true. Maybe the throws are so bad that it's actually uh, a good thing for the Montana State team. This
0: happened, like, as a Broncos fan we we've made the Tebow comparison a ton this year, but that happened a lot with Tim Tebow too. Like he would just throw the ball into the ground five yards before his receiver where there was no defense. There was
1: no chance to Um, get it picked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it was not, that was not intentional Um, with Troy Anderson. I mean, God, is he your starting quarterback next
1: year? There's no way that choke can go into next year with him as the starting quarterback through recruiting, through development, through the summer, like there's just, through maybe getting Murray back, you never know. Um, If he comes back, uh, I think you have to move Troy back to either linebacker or running back and you let Murray come in and I mean, you look at it neither of those guys have lost to the Grizz. So, you're not losing any Cat Grizz wins there. You're not losing any experience there. We'll probably win our fourth straight. But I mean, Murray,
0: I think you may be viewing Murray with some rose-colored glasses. Take... The two Grizz wins away. I mean, the, he beat the Grizz. Um, like hats off to him, but he
1: was really hard to watch. A yeah, but games. for the same reason why Troy was sometimes hard to watch was they both had the dynamic legs. Obviously, that's that's obvious. Um, but I, I have to think that Chris Murray has more passing prowess than Troy Anderson and would only help that offense get better, especially if you could put Troy at running back. It's not like Troy Anderson was doing all of these reads and then running he had designed run plays the whole season whereas murray could get him back to the pass and if something broke down he could go for 40 yards on a third and 17 but but i think that's one thing that we you and i haven't and you keep trying to go away from it is how does it feel to lose to montana state for three straight years the first time since 85 did you ever think that you were going to see three straight losses in your lifetime to montana state
0: um I thought this year was certainly a possibility. But no, I mean, this is the first time in my life. I was born in 84. So this is the first time in my life where the Cats have won three times in a row. I wasn't alive in 83 for the yeah, first. Yeah, and I was born in 85, so this, um, is, uh, this is the first time it's happened for me, too. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I'll make this argument, and you're going to argue that I'm a homer. <laughs> but I think that, I think that the two programs are now on pretty similar footing – I think they are good but yeah. not great big sky conference programs. And you know, I think that the past two years, so not this season but the two years prior, I think the Grizz were unquestionably the better team going into Cat Grizz and either blew their chances or uh just didn't yeah. show up. Um
1: and the cat got fired this year. That was a, the main reason Bob Stitt was yeah. fired.
0: The Cats this year, I think, were the better team. Um,
1: And that is... And is that why you you think Bobby Huck is not on the hot seat? Are you going to go out on that limb and say he is not on the hot seat?
0: Oh, he's definitely not on the hot seat. Well, I mean, it's
1: the same sort of question you were asking last week, if if, uh, Choate was on the hot seat.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Choate... So here's the difference, Nate. Um, In your Montana State education, I'll break this down for you. Jeff Choate was in year three of his contract... And has less than a 500 record overall. Is that accurate? No. It's right around 500. Yeah. Um, So if they went, if they lose that game, that's three years of not making the playoffs, three years of showing very little progress when it comes to the win total, which, you know, at the end of the day, wins that is what matter, even though it's not necessarily the best metric in terms of the overall healthier program uh, at any given moment. But um, I think that there's, you know, that was a real question. Bobby Hauk, you don't bring him in. There's expectations, I think, among the fans um, that there would be more immediate success up front. But at the end of the day, you're bringing him in
1: to build a program, he, and you have to really give in his a couple year of years as Montana head coach.
0: Well, if you want to be cute about it, so, yeah, ooh, but this is not, this in. is his first year in. This is his first year in building this program.
1: Rebuilding. Yeah.
0: There's there's times that there's there's a, a set of time, Nate, that that lapsed between when he was coaching in two thousand nine and, and this season.
1: There has right? been some time. You As head coach that? though, did you know that Bobby Hawk has not had a above five hundred conference record since two thousand nine? That's no, no, it's kind of funny, friends, though. Man. I was just looking at the Wikipedia really quick, yeah. and it really has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I was like, holy shit, he went 2-6, 1-6, 2-6. Oh, I lied. In 2013, they went 5-3 and three in conference.
0: Ooh, and then they lost in the heart of
1: Dallas Bowl. So you are saying that Bobby Hawk is not on the hot seat. Just checking.
0: Bobby Hawk's fine. I do think, though... Uh, I knew that you were going to um, love that question so much. Oh. I do think... I do think... I'll say this, that... Um the Grizz know that they were a couple bad plays away from winning the Big Sky. Oh my god. Right, like they fin- they finished at six. They were
1: and five. a full they they were so far out of the big sky race, it's not even funny. Let's go through. How much their shit schedule. do you give me for doing these hypothetical things? And now on our last Regular season podcast under categories. You say there are a couple of bad plays away from being in the conversation.
0: Because it's objectively true. I mean, the way you go
1: through. Tell me yours sure. first. So I would love to see these objectively true bounces that kept them out of the Big Sky Conference Championship discussion.
0: No, this is not. You're you're stepping over my my conclusion here. But if you're if you're the Montana mm-hmm. program, um, the losses that you had, you have to think that. Uh, you know, you if Montana plays Portland State ten times, they beat them nine times. Right? I don't like know. Like that's a game that that Portland State won outright. It's not it's not like the Grizz did anything like it got screwed out of that game. They lost it outright, but they win that, which they should do. Uh you're right in the middle of it. And then the UC Davis game and the Montana State game, if you hold on in the fourth quarter onto Leeds where you have a 90 plus win probability at at those moments according to ESPN you win those games um now they lost those fair and square I'm not arguing that but like those are three wins where I think this team thinks they probably should have had them and that puts them at seven and one in conference I mean yes my point is if you
1: change some of those losses to wins just by saying you they could have won it. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could have ended it. But my point though, my point though is
0: that they were the only game that was where they got blown out of the water, where it seemed like they were the worst team on the field for the entire game was the North Dakota game. Otherwise, they had some some very tough losses. And say you and you throw Western Illinois in there. Say they win half of those games where they should have won all four of them. Or
1: were they in the games and they shouldn't have been in the games? Like, there's no... They had no reason to even be close to UC Davis at halftime of that game. They got lucky in that first half to even be there because UC Davis was a class of the sky.
0: Yeah, That's like saying saying that
1: Montana State could have been up there as well because they could have beat Weber State if they had a quarterback and they could have beat Idaho State if they would have just scored eight more points. Like, they're in both those games against one team that's in the top three
0: Sure, Nate. You're missing my no, point. My no,
1: point is, my is point like they is, didn't get blown out. Well, you're saying that they were in these games. No, my
0: point. My point is that if you are, if you are part of the Montana program and looking at this objectively, like they, they the 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 team health is pretty solid. If these were, so the the one bad loss in my opinion was North Dakota, um, but otherwise they were in every single game. Like if you're. Montana State, and you go back and look at your schedule, it's like... Ooh, they were wow. out of two
1: games. They were we out of South had, Dakota State and Eastern Washington, and they could have won every single but, other game.
0: Right, but I mean, some of your wins, like having to rely on a missed extra point on, to beat Idaho. Like, Montana State has a better record. I think that they
1: are a marginally Well, I'm not saying team. that they're head and shoulders above the grids, Not at all. But I don't think that you can go through a schedule. I mean, if Montana State played Montana's schedule, they probably would have been, won the conference. Yeah, we did have a <laughs> yeah. schedule.
0: So, I mean, I think that's the that's the thing that that would have me worried is looking at next year. Um, you know, besides you, we didn't Vegas, have to play Weber we or
1: Eastern. Montana State played both of them. The Eastern game was non-conference, I believe. No, Eastern did count for conference. I was thinking about a different game. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a that's a tough so, hypothetical to it's, go it's, through and to have me sit here and. Well, no, but I mean, think if, I think if you look about. at. I think if you look at, like, NFL
0: teams, like, who's playing close, like, who's playing below, whose record is below, like, where their level of play should be, I feel like the Grizz are probably the Falcons of this year, where it's like, this is, we know this is a good team, and it's we're just losing the games. We're losing a lot of close games that we I mean, should. I don't think, I don't know um, if the Grizz are a good team. Like, I
1: I'm not saying Montana State by any means, like... This is a team that you and I played Peanuts music for because we thought there was no chance either of them was going to make it. I'm not going into this thinking Montana State all of a sudden can run through Incarnate Word and North Dakota State to do anything in the playoffs. I'm surprised we made the playoffs, but I don't think either of these teams are going to be done with their season and be like, man, we were a good team. And we just missed some, just missed some bounces going our way from contending. Like I don't know, is I don't know. Yeah,
0: see, I disagree. I think the I think the FCS is is weaker than a lot of us think it is. I mean I think I don't think either the Grizz or the Cats are away from being not like a, a top tier, not like a North Dakota state level team, but I mean let's look at the the top eight seeds. Like I don't think it's unreasonable to think that either the Grizz or the Bobcats could sneak into that top eight territory next year. No, I, don't, I mean, next year is going to be really interesting. But... And so that's what, but so at the end of the Stitt era, I think that there was a lot of uh, hesitation among fans. Like, I don't think we're good enough to get into that top eight uh, with this team and this system that, that Bob Stitt has in place, where Bobby Houck, there is that confidence that, you know, even though the win total hasn't changed this year, that, that the trajectory of the team is going in the right direction.
1: So, yeah. So what you're saying is that because it's Bobby Howe, Grizz fans have a better outlook, a rosier outlook on next season, all because of Bobby Howe's allure from eight years ago.
0: I'll say this, Nate. There are, you know, look at international politics. The Chinese have like a hundred year horizon (laughs) because they've they've been successful and around for so long that they can think long-term and process successes and failures in this long-term mm. horizon where United States businesses are criticized for having a very quarterly focus and everything is, that yes. happens in the near term is a crisis and yes. it has to be dealt like, with in a crisis. So or like I'm University of Montana saying, Athletics. I'm saying the University of Montana football team We've been here for a long time. We are very good, <laughs> and these little these little dips do not take away from our long term trajectory. What about of
1: being? What awesome. about Bobby? What about Stitt? That's yeah, a blip in the radar. But that wasn't a very long term look from U of M. Then they weren't listening to your politics lecture, and maybe you should have told them about that before they fired him to a better a better track. How do you know? You the first have, year, the have, first the first year of Bob Stitt's tenure was better than Bobby Hawkes.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately for Bob Stitt, he peaked in game one of his career. Sure, that's a good point. But you know what just continually peaks week after week? Hmm. Our Hotel Finland ad reads. Oh my God, the Hotel Finland itself somehow gets better and better every
1: week. This episode and all of our episodes at Montana Men Sports, you know who it's brought to you by. It's the Hotel Finland, the great city of Beat Montana located in the It is the crown jewel of Uptown, located in Uptown. It's the second largest historic district in the USA. You can stay in the second largest historic district in the USA at the Hotel Finland and not have to worry about trying to Uber back to the boring hotel chain on the interstate after you have a couple drinks in Butte.
0: Yeah, so instead of waking up, looking out your window, seeing the interstate, seeing the parking lot. I-90 is not pretty. Yeah, seeing that parking lot to that McDonald's that's right off the interstate. Go to the Hotel Finland. It's a huge, tall building. Get a nice room, 80 bucks a night. You look out the window, you see the entire city of Butte. You're crazy if you're not staying at the hotel. Which is pretty in its own way. So pretty. Butte is a gorgeous town.
1: Yeah, so you have to do the right thing and experience all that Butte has to offer. You have to get your room today at finland.com. F-I-N-L-E-N.com. And while you're there, you have to check out the Cavalier Lounge. It's located right in the hotel. It's awesome Music Acts are regularly cycling through the Cavalier Lounge. You have to follow them on Instagram to check it out. They have people there all the time playing some live music. So you have to come enjoy some music and all the great Montana beers that the Cavalier has on tap. Mm, the best part about
0: the Cavalier Lounge gets me super excited is that Smooth Hopperator. It's a contraption that infuses your beer with fresh fruit and ingredients. It is the only Smooth Hopperator in the United States. If you want Maybe to a Smooth the Hopperator you have to go to the Cavalier Lounge. It chills your beer to the perfect temperature. It is the best way to enjoy beer in the best bar in Butte. Uh, you know, Montana Mint, we are a, a weird little company and we rely on uh, you know our listeners to buy t-shirts. We rely on cool uh, hotels like the Hotel Finland to, to sponsor our podcast. So give them a shot. If you want to help out the Montana economy, Montana uh, brands, stay there the next time you're in Butte. It's F-I-N-L-E-N.com, finland.com.
1: Awesome. All right. So, you know, if you wanted to make your way to Bozeman this weekend for the Cats' first playoff game since 2014, you could probably spend Friday night in Butte at the Hotel Finland. Yep. And then drive over Saturday morning for some Bobcat football as they host the University of Incarnate Word. Not Incarnate World, but Incarnate no. World. so Bear Tycoon, before we started uh, taping this podcast here, it's uh, Monday night, holy cow. Uh, kept calling it Incarnate World, and I had to correct him. I was a, I was a good podcast uh, buddy and made sure that he didn't do that um, when we were actually taping. So you're yeah, welcome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so Incarnate Word is coming to Bozeman. Uh, we actually think we talked about Incarnate Word last year on this podcast because they played a Big Sky team and we haven't had the effort or energy to go back and look. Jerry's so still digging played. into it. Yeah, we'll, he'll, we'll get back to it. But Incarnate Word, small little school in San Antonio, Texas. They're the Cardinals. Uh, what else do you know about Incarnate Word? I know that they are nine-point underdogs. Nine-and-a-half. Nine-and-a-half-point
0: underdogs going into person. Nine-and-a-half-point
1: underdogs. Yeah, so uh, they're a Catholic university, like I said, in San Antonio. I've actually, fun story, I've been into a... Um, Poblano, not a Poblano, a Serrano pepper one time on their campus. It was Fiesta Week in San Antonio. It's a long week of um, Hispanic celebration culture. And I thought it was like a peppercini or something. I don't know. And I just bit right into the pepper, burned my face off. The beer wasn't helping. Eyes were watering. Made a mm. fool out of myself. But that's my little tie to University of Incarnate Word.
0: Yeah, uh, well... That is not very interesting, but well, I will say... Uh, I mean, how many people have burned their mouth at University of <laughs> Incarnate Word? So Incarnate Word right now is ranked 173 in the Sagarin rankings, which you know, ranks both FBS and FCS schools. That's one point below Idaho. So it's kind of comparison of overall strength. Idaho, one point ahead of them, uh, who gave... Montana State, a, a pretty decent game uh, earlier this year. So I don't think, th- I, nine, nine and a half points seems pretty high to me. I do expect the Cats to, to win this game. But I will say, incarnate word, they are one point better than the University of Connecticut, who is one in ten on the year. So hmm. so I don't know what that means.
1: No, So incarnate word, actually interesting. They were supposed to play North Alabama uh, last weekend. The game got canceled. Uh, So if you remember, the South Dakota State game right before Montana State played them, they were supposed to play Iowa State in Ames, Iowa. And that game got canceled because of, was it rain? I I don't remember. Lightning? It got canceled for some reason. So uh, Incarnate Word, not thinking or knowing that they would make the playoffs, scheduled a game with Iowa State on December 1st. Uh, to kind of make up for their lost game against North Alabama and Iowa State's lost game against San Diego State. And then all of a sudden, Incarnate Word, for the first time in their program history, makes the FCS playoffs.
0: The incredible thing um, is we found an article from Iowa State's athletic director uh, who says they have a commitment from Incarnate Word to come and play Iowa State if they lose in Bozeman. And so, so, they're gonna. If if they I don't get, even know how that's legal. Like, if, if they get knocked out of the playoffs, they're gonna go play a cupcake game against Iowa State and just collect three hundred thousand
1: dollars. It's interesting. I, I couldn't. I can't even believe that that's like something the NCAA would even allow them to do. After you get bounced out of the playoffs to go play like basically an exhibition game for money, like it just seems like, yeah, it's for player safety or something. They just wouldn't let them do that.
0: Yeah, it seems super weird. Um, Very weird. It so hopefully, be they do have to go play it. But if I were uh, God, if I were the AD at Iowa State, I'd give Jeff Cho to call and just be like, "Listen, like, good luck to you this weekend. Uh, if you happen to lose, though, say you blow this game against Incarnate Word. I have a three hundred thousand dollar check if you bring your Bobcats over to Iowa, play <laughs> one more game.
1: Hmm, you watch like it. a little bowl game? I'd watch it for sure. Yeah, definitely gonna watch that. So. Uh, Incarnate words out of the Southland conference. Uh, the level of competition in the Southland is not like the big sky. There's a big disparity between the two conferences. Uh, a lot of the teams that we would read out to that are in the Southland, you're probably never heard of, or you see them on the bottom line on ESPN when they're getting beat by like Kentucky and Duke at the very beginning of the basketball season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, we start, uh, there's two ranked teams in the Southland. Nichols State is the uh, number 14th FCS team in the country. Uh, and then Incarnate Word is number 24 in the latest stat polls. Uh, and then you have Lamar McNeese State, which we've heard of. Sam Houston State, which we've obviously heard of. The Cats got bounced out of the playoffs in, 14 by, or in 2012 by them. Uh, Central Arkansas, Abilene Christian, Southeastern Louisiana, Northwestern State, not Northwestern, Third mm-hmm. Tycoon. Stephen F. Austin, and Houston Baptist. 0-9 Houston Baptist.
0: Yeah, it's, it's always shocking when you find these random schools that are in the, the FCS. Um, the Incarnate Word had, you know, a pretty mixed schedule. So, Nature's list off those teams, they played most of them. Um, and in terms of Sagarin ratings, like, you know, let's see, Montana State is ranked... 141. So comparable schools around that is they played New Mexico, who's 120, got beat. They played North Texas, who's significantly better at 75, got beat, 58 to 16. Um, Nichols State is ranked 125, who they lost to, they got their ass kicked, 48 to 21. And everyone else is like closer to the 200- Rating. It's kind of like 190,
1: 186. Uh, Who's comparable to that in the big sky?
0: 218. Portland State. Okay. I think. Um, I can find an exact answer for you, but Montana State seems to be more in line with these tougher programs that Incarnate world, Word has had <laughs> trouble with. Um, and most of their wins kind of came against these really not impressive teams. teams. Abilene. Lamar.
1: Oh wait, they lost to Lamar.
0: Abilene Christian. They had a loss to Lamar. Um, Central Arkansas.
1: Unfortunately, they didn't play Houston Baptist because I would have liked to have seen what that score would have been. <laughs> but it, it's interesting in Word, I know that they, like obviously the level of competition is probably not what the Mo- what Montana, I mean, we know it's not what Montana State played. They should, Montana State had to have one of the tougher schedules in the, in the country when you figure they played what, four out of the top totally. ten teams? Yep. Um, but uh, Incarnate, were number nine in the country in passing yards at thirty-two, thirty-seven. 37 uh, They throw for almost 500 yards a game, which is number eight in the country. But when you get down to their defensive ranking, they're 94 in yards allowed, 119 in passing yards, 51 in rushing yards. Um, it'll actually be really interesting to see how, what their level of, I guess, respect or what they noticed about Troy Anderson, I don't think that Troy was surprising anybody in the Big Sky. Everybody knew that that's what Montana State was running. You can't think that Incarnate Word or Montana State, for that matter, were looking at each other at all during the season, thinking that their paths may cross later on. So it'll be interesting to see what Incarnate Word when they turn on that tape. They're like, "What the hell is going on on this team?" <laughs> like, yeah, I, it's gonna be interesting I, to see a team like this comes out and looks at.
0: It. I mean, I just don't know if there's that much you can do with. Uh a quarterback like Troy Anderson, right? Like you just kind of have True. to uh, f- like prepare for the run, but that hasn't worked all year for any team. Like he's been able to run against basically everybody.
1: Um, yeah, it's been, it'll be interesting to see though. It's just, uh, so, and that's what I mean, what the, the playoffs are fun for. It's a game that means something against a conference, a team that you never thought you'd be playing. It's just going to be, it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah. So comparable Sagarin rating, big sky teams, Portland state, was at 184, Northern Colorado, 197, Southern Utah, 200, and Sac State, 207. So okay. that's kind of in the ballpark of where their wins came. Um, I don't know. It's it, Like I said, they're, they're ranked right next to Idaho, which makes me think this will be a, a decent game. But who the heck knows?
1: Who the hell knows? It'll be fun. though. So this is the first time the Cats have made the playoffs since 2014. Um, where they took a loss to South Dakota State, 47-40, in Bozeman. Uh, And then we were talking about this before, and I can't remember if I told you. Do you remember the last time that Montana State made the FCS playoffs and Montana did not?
0: Uh, I think you told me, but go ahead and say it.
1: 2012. So it was six years ago Montana State made it. Uh, UM did not. Uh, Montana State won against Stony Brook at home and then took an L on ESPN, (laughs) Uh, or ESPN two on a Friday night against Sam Houston state university. I remember that game. It was hell cold. Uh, we went into it. I think is like the number two or three team in the nation and Sam Houston state came and absolutely rolled all over us. So, but that was the last time uh, MSU was in the field. UM was not 2012. So uh, something that doesn't happen very often, but sure. I'm glad that it did uh, this year. Do you know what's incredible?
0: This looking uh, a bigger picture at the playoffs Um. This is UC Davis's first playoff appearance.
1: It is, yeah. This is their first... Co- I mean, this is the first... They've been up since, what, 2012? 10, 11, 12, somewhere yeah. around there.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, that's when we expanded, I think, was in 12. Yeah,
1: so it's right around that time frame. I and you're right, they hadn't made the playoffs before. Now they're going in as one of the teams that's getting the buy. So that's really impressive, too. When you look at uh, Incarnate Word and Davis are making their first playoff appearances, and one's coming in to play Montana State, and one got a bye to the next week. That's a really interesting turnaround for UC Davis.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think Idaho State is a better team than Montana State?
1: It's tough to not say they are, considering they beat us. Like, I mean, you have to look at a head-to-head matchup, and and I want to say thank you to everybody at Weber State, all the players. (laughs) For beating Idaho State and making this decision yeah. to put the 7-4 and four Cats in over the 6-5 and five Bengals that much easier. So thank you. We were State Wildcats. We always loved you. And I also have to say, I think it's thank you to Northern Arizona yeah, for they beating North, North, Dakota. North Dakota. That was another one that was huge for us. Uh, so thank you, all you NAU Lumberjacks out there, uh, for saying, you know, North Dakota, you don't have a conference, and you're also not in the playoffs anymore.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible that uh, it was so so sad after the the Bobcat Grizz game because I started following all these other scores that I was planning to track after the Grizz won. Like, what do mm-hmm. we need to happen? The ones you listed
1: off last week. Yeah.
0: What do we need to happen in order to make the playoffs? And basically everything happened that we needed to make the playoffs except winning the game.
1: Except against the, the, Bobcat. the biggest one that you could yeah. actually control. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you that is your would your prediction been that if Montana would have won this game, they would have gotten into the field uh, as an at-large bid. I think so, right? I mean it seems like the
0: thing that the committee considers more than anything is FCS wins or FCS yeah. or above wins. Yeah. Um and Division I wins. Yeah, they're ranked above Yeah. You know, it seemed like North Dakota it seemed like the big sky was gonna get four teams in.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think with the, and so, the money that Montana makes.
0: <laughs> yeah, Montana makes a ton of money, but you have to have a better head to head or you have to have a better overall record when it comes to North Dakota, being they smoked Montana. Um, and so the fact that you know they lost, uh, uh, Weber State won, beat Idaho State, it seems like Montana probably sneaks in. Uh, I mean, they had a, a worse overall resume than Montana State, but um, I don't know. I think they probably get in.
1: Yeah. The funny part is I looked over at North Dakota's schedule, and they didn't really didn't have many signature wins this year. I mean, obviously the Montana one was their biggest win. They beat Mississippi Valley, who was horrible. Sam Houston State, who really wasn't much to talk about this year. Northern Colorado, the obvious win against Montana. Sac State uh, lost to Weber, lost to Idaho. And win- like, a So their wins were not impressive at all. I think even if North Dakota beats NAU, Montana State gets in over North Dakota. North Dakota's schedule was unbelievably easy, and I wish we would have played that conference schedule. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just, it's so weird having them in this,
1: in this. It's weird that they have like any kind of um, direct effect on our conference by yeah. playing that conference schedule. Like, I don't get, how, I don't know what you could have done to, to change that or to mitigate that. But it's so stupid, and it's just another way that the big sky is just really weird.
0: Yeah, um, we did get a
1: new commission. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, we should try to get him, Le- a, get him on the podcast. We, yeah,
1: yeah, before he figures out what we really are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can tell him how much Pluto sucks and maybe he can like start trying to get a ESPN Plus uh, partnership. I
0: would just spend probably 25 straight minutes talking at him about how we need to have two divisions within the Big Sky Conference.
1: Exactly. Maybe that's something that we can talk about on next week's podcast after the playoff game, regardless of if Montana State wins and goes on or not, is like maybe a couple ideas for the new Big Sky commissioner. And then we can maybe write an open letter to him. Uh, I love after. it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. And let's Jerry's also write that down.
0: We're going to.
1: Uh, no, he's writing it down.
0: I don't think it's Pence working, but um, we're also going to go through and grade all of the big sky teams. Um, once Montana state's out of the playoffs. So stay tuned for future pods. So
1: what's your, what's your prediction this weekend score and outcome against uh, Montana state against incarnate word.
0: <laughs> Do we know what the weather is going to be in Bozeman? Uh,
1: 35 you're, go- you're going and- to the game. I'll be at the game, yeah. So it'll be it's thirty five and maybe like snow here or there, but it's not gonna be like a blizzard or anything like that, maybe some flurries. Okay.
0: I I mean I have to think that Vegas knows what they're talking about. Um So I will go I think the Bobcats win. I'll say it's pretty low scoring. I'll go twenty four to ten.
1: All right, I'm going to go a little bit higher scoring. I think both defenses struggle a little bit. Montana State against the pass and Incarnate Word in general. So I'm going to go 34-24 cats. Okay. Oh, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, one of the stats players of the week this week was Grant Collins, uh, defensive player of the week for Montana State after that win against uh, Montana. Uh, Collins actually was the one that they're giving the... Uh, nod, to that jarred the ball loose from Eastwood. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so great job there. And then I think he also forced the fumble on Dalton Sneed, the uh, possession before. So obviously Grant Collins got that one. I just uh, was reminded of that, and I didn't want to miss on that.
0: Hmm. Well, thanks. got to
1: bring up that game again. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. Um, but hey, you know, Montana got two votes in the top 25 poll this week. so. <laughs> perfect you know it's the no, it's awesome this is gonna be kind of funny and I didn't notice this until right now is that out of the um, Southland conference we just talked about all those teams and how we didn't know anything about them Lamar is the first team out of the top 25 Jesus Christ so Lamar is number 26 um, McNeese got 37 votes Sam Houston State got 12 votes Central Arkansas got seven Southern or uh, Abilene Christian got three and Montana got two, man, man, all those teams. We just talked shit about and Montana
0: got less votes in the top 25 poll. Well, the one thing I can feel good about is that Montana, the only rankings that matter in my mind are the Sagarin ratings and Montana (laughs) still ranked above Montana state.
1: Well, I I would like to congratulate you on your regular season Sagarin win. Thank you. You're welcome. So people say that I can't be a gracious loser or a good winner, but I will uh, you know, give you that congratulations uh, right now. So congrats on the Sagarin win.
0: I appreciate that. Hey, and everyone who's going to the game this weekend, be sure to tag us in your pictures. We'll put them up on our story. We got a lot of cool stuff uh, sent to us over Cat Grizz weekend. And also hit up Hot Take Nate. Send him some DMs. He'll have the company credit card and we'll buy you a beer at the game.
1: I will. Yes. Uh, I'll have the Montana credit card ready to roll. Actually, I'm going to have to expense all this and who knows if our accounts payable is even in (laughs) on Thanksgiving week. Like I'm pretty sure all of our accounts payable people left the company two or three years ago. Yeah. No, it's not looking great. It's not looking great for our financials, but it's okay. Well, we have hotel Finland. Yep. Hotel Finland. We got some scoreboard t-shirts.
0: Yep. Buy those T-shirts. Buy them as Christmas gifts. They are selling
1: like hotcakes. All right, so we kind of just rambled on about catgris. It's kind of hard. I mean, with all the emotion that happened, um, actually on Saturday and then the recovery day, Sunday, um, and it was a recovery day when you celebrate that hard after a cat win. Um, when you when you put down nine beers out of the smooth operator, that's when you know little, something's little spicy gonna happen the su- next day. Well, you wake up and you're like, everything's fine, and then. 11 o'clock hits and everything's not fine everything is not fine no but then you just go back and you take a little nap and you remember montana state won in that fashion <laughs> uh and, and everything is a little bit better than what it would be had the grid scored that touchdown but let's get on to our watch segments okay first up and i am excited about this we are going back to the gray cup oh, i'm so pumped So pumped. So not only did on Saturday my Montana State Bobcats take down the Grizzlies. On Sunday I wake up, watch the selection show, and see the Montana States hosting a first-round playoff game. And then my Calgary, our Calgary Stamps, the one thing that we can really come together on this podcast, take on the Winnipeg something or others. What is The Bombers. The Winnipeg Bombers. I think we have said that there's a lot of problematic names in the Canadian football team, there's the Red Blacks and the Bombers. Yeah, so they took on the Winnipeg B-Words, knocked them out of the playoffs, We're going back to the Grey Cup for the third straight year, 22 to 14, at McMahon Stadium, at home, in front of the home crowd. Uh, our friend of the pod, uh, our best friend, Alex Singleton, secured the win by fielding the Bombers, the B-Words, last second, onside kick attempt, went up, boxed out like a basketball player, came down with it, and we're going back to the Grey Cup. What would you rather have
0: happen this weekend? Grey Cup victory or win over Incarnate Word?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Grey Cups are forever, man. Yeah. And And after the last two years of heartbreaking losses in the Grey Cup, it's the Stamps here. Yeah, I think so. And so we had had Big Sky alum Bo Levi Mitchell toss three touchdowns. Alex Singleton, like I said, had the uh, play of the game, coming down with that onside kick. He's on the hands team. He's an athlete. And then uh, Dave Dickinson, obviously the head coach of the Calgary Stamps. Oh, Stamp, yeah. Dave so, Dickinson
0: coached his ass off. Which,
1: any any day now, we should be seeing the picture of Dave Dickinson in a Montana State Bobcat shirt um, due to the annual bet with Alex Singleton, who we, they kind of talked about in our pod earlier this year when we had Alex on. So watch for that any day now. We'll be posting that on our Instagram once we do steal it from whoever posts it. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> so, so the Grey Cup, um, November 25th in Edmonton against the Ottawa Arby's. They beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 46-27 to earlier on Sunday. So we're going to Edmonton, we're playing Ottawa. Ottawa had our number the last time we played in the season, but I think that's good because the last two years we had swept the season series against the two teams we played in the Grey Cup and then lost in the Grey Cup. We needed that loss against Edmonton a few weeks ago, or I'm sorry, Ottawa a few weeks ago, and I think we're going to go in, G-chaining it, Stamps are Grey Cup champions, 2018.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's got my G-chain for sure. I love what these guys are doing up in up in Calgary, up in Alberta, and basically Edmonton It's like a home game for, for the Stamps. It's a quick drive up whatever highway that is. Uh... You know, what's not to like with these guys? They're definitely going to take this home. Are you yeah, going to watch it? Excited. Can we watch it? Is there anywhere to watch uh, it? I, I mean, Reddit, you can watch anything, right? Right, but I mean, it's not going to be... Sometimes these games will get streamed on like a weird... Or put on a weird channel. I been to some pretty weird channels. I know, I know that. <laughs> I remember like the arena. The arena football league championship used to always be on like the FX network. Growing up. Yeah.
1: I I think this will probably be on like TSN or something. There's one of those weird Canadian TV things, but I'm pretty sure we can find it on Reddit somewhere and try and watch it. For sure. I mean, we will watch it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So pretty excited about that. Congrats to Alex Singleton. Like I said, friend of the pod. Um, And did you know, they just announced, I don't know how long ago, but I just clicked on a link. uh, The 107th Grey Cup next year, 2019. It's coming to Calgary. Ooh. Should we go? Yeah, so like uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been looking so I've been yeah. looking for an excuse to get up to Calgary. Let's do it. Especially in November. Perfect time of year. <laughs> perfect. So so Grey Cup 2019. Remember we still have this year's to win, but 2019 will probably be going back to the Grey Cup for the fourth year and it's gonna be in our hometown of Edmonton. Or of Calgary. <laughs> so yeah, that's your that's your stamps watch. We're jacked. It's a big year. What do you got? Big year. Big year. Um, Well,
0: I think the more important watch, something we always look forward to is the Brock Osweiler watch to see our boy Brock, Montana native Brock Osweiler, most successful NFL quarterback in Montana history Brock Osweiler is doing. Um, This week, in a gutsy, courageous bye week, he didn't lose as a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Mm. But unfortunately, it looks like he might be losing his starting job at quarterback. Mm. Ryan Tannehill has been injured for the past five or so games sounds like he's healthy which is kind of bullshit because the dolphins we all know he's not healthy he's not healthy he's never healthy the dolphins right now are tied for the last playoff spot the
1: wild card spot what more do you want brock to do what do you want him to do? yeah and it's not like it's not like Tannehill got you there no this is brock's team Every, you're gonna lose the locker room
0: yeah god and brock just looks so good in those miami uniforms he was born Every, to play I mean, Miami.
1: I mean, that being said, everybody looks good in those Miami uniforms. Those things are awesome. Yeah. But you're right, Brock looks Brock looks a little bit better. You're he right. looks a little bit better than most. Way better than Ryan Tannehill.
0: Oh yeah. So good luck to Brock. Hopefully. I mean we don't want Tannehill's healthy. We're not gonna root for an injury, of course, no. but we just want the coaches to
1: go in with an open mind. Well, yeah. And, and I think like I said at the beginning of this year, you know, Tannehill's one one little hit away from, you know, another little stint on the IR.
0: Yeah. I bet you Brock's career victories are rapidly approaching those of Ryan Tannehill. That's a fact I cannot verify. It has to be somewhat close. But yeah, Tannehill just has he ever played? It's close
1: enough to make you think. Yeah.
0: Don't look it up. But
1: and that's what we're doing. We're trying to make you think.
0: Don't look it up, but
1: I'm pretty Do sure not look that up.
0: that's, that's got to be something close. True.
1: It has to be either be even or right around even. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go with that. Okay. And I think that's all all you got from me. Yeah, that's all I got from me. So, again, uh, we're so happy to be able to extend this another week. We will be back next week with another Montana Mid Sports podcast. Uh, we're really excited about this playoff game, uh, some more than others. It was an amazing Brawl of the Wild, and it's what we really live for when we do this podcast. So, um, it, either way, to have it come down to a game that, that was that meaningful and that dramatic and entertaining was, was really fun to have, and it makes the whole year of doing this – worth it, in my mind. Yeah, and like just thanks
0: to, to everyone who listens. Like We are shocked every week when we look at the listening stats that there are more and more people listening to this and not more and more people blocking us. Um, and it just makes it so much fun. So one thing, uh, we are kind of figuring out what we're going to do this offseason. We have some good ideas on different segments and stuff. We're interested to know if you would be down for some Big Sky basketball talk. It's something that I think everyone in the office kind of follows at a very, very nope. high level, but nope. Nope. but it's something that we could look into. Maybe Nate uh, wouldn't want to would participate. I wanted from that one. I want to look up, uh, so the Ken Palm rankings, which are basically the Sagarin for basketball. Oh, you had to
1: fit it in, didn't you?
0: Montana State is the second worst Big Sky team. They are ranked 305 out of three hundred. Who is worse than us? Uh, Northern Arizona is one spot behind oh. you. Uh, the team some teams that are listed above you. The University of Texas in Rio Grande Valley. Been there. Um, Bethune Cookman, the powerhouse. Bethune Cookman. Uh, Southeast Missouri State. Quinnipiac. Little Quinapia's
1: usually on those weird little play in games. Little Rock.
0: Arkansas. Well I know it's in Arkansas. I did not know they had a college. Um, but University of Montana currently ranked number seventy two wow. in the country. That's the highest in the big sky by eighty Montana's points. a basketball school now. The total basketball school. Um, here's here's a little sampling of teams that they're ranked ahead of. Former national champion Georgetown, former former national championship <laughs> game participant, Illinois. Uh, I believe former world champion San Francisco back in the 50s or 60s. Uh, the Dons. Stanford. Boston College. Cardinal. God, Connecticut. Connecticut. How many championships did Connecticut win? The Grizz currently ranked ahead of them by 20 spots. All wow. I'm saying is the Grizz are legit, A basketball school. Legit good. They are legit fun to watch. They actually did. I beat,
1: wish what, the Cats could be anything hold, like this.
0: Hold on to your butt, Nate. On November, <laughs> November 16th, Guess who the Grizz beat? Incarnate Word. No kidding. Beat them. It all comes full circle. 93 to 66. They have Creighton coming up on November 28th on the road. That game will be on FS1, so everybody tune in. But shoot us a note. uh, Send us a DM if basketball is something that you'd be interested in us covering. It's something that we'd kind of have to learn on the spot. If not, we'll just go with all of our dumb ideas that we have lined up for the rest of the year.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, we are going to end it here. Thank you for listening again. Obviously, you didn't get Lainey Lou and the Bird Dogs to play you in. But we're going to have them play you out, and we will talk to everybody next week. See you then. See ya. He's to a